thought-provoking stories, and insights from around the globe by your favorite athletes. This is the Athlete's Obsession, brought to you by Obsesh. On this week's episode, I talked to John Smith Howell, the founder and general manager of Team 7AM, an esports team in Europe. He tells me about his passion for esports and the lessons he's learned from them. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Athletes Obsession. My name is Dalton Allison, and I am lucky enough this week to be joined by John Smith Howell, the general manager and founder of Team 7AM. John, how are you doing today? Hey, Dalton, I'm good, thanks. How about yourself? I'm doing great, John. I'm so happy to have you guys on the platform, have your team, Team 7AM on the platform. You guys game a whole variety of different games, so it's so exciting to have you guys on. It's exciting to talk to you as well, a 20-year veteran of the industry. I have to start by asking, since this is the athlete's obsession, what is your obsession? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know what? My biggest obsession um, is esports, and 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 probably second to that is business. Um, I, I I love live and breathe this industry and have them for twenty years. There's just something about it, and I, and I don't and I can't always put my finger on what it is either. Growth of it that over the past twenty years has just been so big, and I love to see where it's going. The future is so bright for this industry, uh, and how over the last sort of particularly 10 years, how much more closer to business it has has come, which for me, I think just is perfect because there's two two things that I'm genuinely really passionate about coming together. Uh, and hopefully that's what makes us successful. You mentioned that esports is your passion. When did you first pick up a mouse to start playing esports? Uh, so that would be in 1999, at the latter end of 1999, and I literally just fell into a gaming center um, in, in the town. I had no idea what it was. I hadn't got a clue. I'd never used a PC in my life. And uh, I just saw that somebody was playing games. Uh, and of course, growing up playing, playing some consoles, the Sega Mega Drive and the SNES and playing those old consoles, I, I loved gaming. And I, I didn't know it was gaming as I know gaming now, you know, you just like playing games. And then, yeah, I just I just walked into the Internet Cafe, the gaming center and literally asked the guy behind the counter, what do you guys do here? And he's like, do you like games? He's, I was like, yeah, I, I love games. What do you like? And, and the only game I could think of that I liked uh, was GoldenEye from the N64. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, so you like shooting games? I was like, yeah, I like shooting games. He presented Counter-Strike. And uh, there we go. 20, 20 plus years later, I'm here. So is Counter-Strike the first game where you said, okay, I'm so good at this that I could become a professional in the industry? Or was it a different game that kind of gave the fuel to your engine to be a professional gamer? You know, I didn't even make the connection between being a professional uh, at the time. So I, I guess I was lucky in a way that I live fairly local to the gaming center. Uh, the gaming center itself uh, in the city that I lived in was one of the best in the country in terms of performance. Their team, their in-house team were already winning events and tournaments. So I was being taught by people that were already really, really good at the game. So I didn't learn as most people did, just jumping into a public server and sort of messing around with friends. I learned strategy, teamwork, communications, and all of these core things that you need to be a good player 
at first. So for me, it was, um, I didn't even think about playing professionally. I just wanted to play. I didn't care how I played, where I played and when I played. I just wanted to play. And getting to an event was just the best thing ever. So what was the, the first game then that you decided to go professional with? So yeah, it, it was Counter Strike. Um, you know, it, it just led into that. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a thought. Okay, I'm going to go pro, which is I'm sure that lots of lots of kids nowadays, because it's out there so much, go. Okay, I want to be a professional gamer. But honestly, that wasn't really a thing back then. You know, you you didn't even know that you could go professional, and it wasn't really a mainstream thing. You know, what was what what made you a professional? was was always not not easy to know what you know what did you have to do for someone to say okay now you're professional at this i gotta ask you do you still play counter-strike as little as i do, as little as i can uh why because it's a very big deep hole that i will fall into very quickly uh if i get back into it because it's just something that i've lived for so long and i still have a huge passion for the game so i, I play with friends very rarely so that i don't keep playing it because then i'll get nothing else done I think we've all fallen down that hole one time or another where we get a little bit too addicted to something and just keep on going. Absolutely. As your career went on, what kind of practicing did you do to stay up to date on, you know, tricks and tactics in the game? Um, so in terms of tactics, the best thing to do is watch others. So you will learn by watching other, other, other big teams, some of the big pro superstar teams, and you don't copy what they do. What you, what you try and do is find something that, that suits your team's play. So you have a team of five members and every team, every single team has a different style of play. And that's made up by the members that are, are inside the team. You know, that may be a really aggressive team. It may be really defensive. You may have a good split between aggressive and defensive. It may be people that are really, really patient and can just hold out and wait and then execute at the last minute and everything works. Or it, it could just be a, a team full of people that just need to run and they're going to go fast because they can't do this holding and patience tactics and to keep up to date you need to watch the right teams which team are very similar to my team and then i would watch them look at some of the, the tactics and strategies that they do and then take them and use them in our game and then also you know just adapt them slightly because we're not those players you know we don't have those reaction times or we don't have their setup or whatever it may be um so just adapt them slightly and then from that you can then build your own okay well actually we've got players that are really good at doing this so we can adapt that that tactic or strategy and we can do this in instead in in terms of tricks again just just playing um play for fun you you'll find much more stuff um out by just playing for some fun and and the good thing with counter-strike there was other modes that you could play that allowed you to play without being competitive so you didn't have to play a competitive ranked game for example you know there was maps that you could surf on where you would just you know slide around the map or there'd be maps where you could have to jump up high towers and make really difficult jumps but actually meanwhile you're practicing your mechanics um and your mechanics of the game were improving and you didn't even know it why because you're having some fun now, you mentioned watching others. What has been the biggest difference in streaming that you see now from streaming back when you first started watching esports? 
I mean, well, for a start, it didn't really exist. So um, to be able to watch other people play back in the day, you would have to either download the demo from HLTV, Half-Life TV. If you if there was a huge game on, then it would be you would be able to connect to the Half-Life TV live and then watch the game live. But there was no chat function. There was no nothing. There's no commentators, no casters. There was nothing. You would just watch the game as if you were playing it there on your screen. But then ultimately, you download that demo afterwards, and then you need to go and pick it apart yourself. Eventually, you retired from playing professionally, and you decided to move into esports management. What was that move like for you, and what went into that decision? Um, so the the transition into manager was actually really easy because. Uh, I find myself leading teams in a way. So from even from the very start, I tend to be the in-game leader, the, the, the person calling the tactics, calling the shots, talking about training schedules, making sure everyone's here, chasing everybody, texting everyone, saying, hey, get online for seven o'clock, whatever it may be. So as I grew older, um, you know, that role grew with that. So actually going into management was easy. The hard transition was not being a player not being not playing and not doing the same things and now sitting here doing the management and stuff and watching everybody else play that was a super hard transition that i definitely didn't it didn't work the first second or third time i tried it i just went back to playing so then how were you able then to separate the the playing side that was in your heart from the the management side that was kind of in your head and in your brain you know what? The biggest helper was just life moving on, you know, settling down with a partner, having to go get a, a, a full-time job and, and, you know, think about career options. And, you know, they obviously force you to make certain decisions, but then just having a bit of a, a bit of a chat with yourself, you know, where you self-reflect and go, you know what? you've done you've done your you've had it you've done your time you've you've I've achieved what I wanted to achieve you know for me a big achievement was being able to travel growing up that wasn't something that we was able to achieve as a family so for me to be able to travel and go to the states and go all over Europe uh, and doing that whilst doing something I love playing for me that was the biggest and best achievement I ever had so at that point I was at at peace with myself to go okay you know what it's time to put the put the mouse down uh, from a, a playing perspective. But you might have put the mouse down and then you picked up a new hat, which was founder of Team 7AM. I need to know before we go into the decision to to start Team 7AM, what served as the inspiration for the name? Absolutely nothing other than marketing and business. Like I said before, I've always had a real keen interest in business and I love, uh, love researching, I love business in general and brands. The name, when we sat down, me and three of the founders, uh, Vinny, Yoni, and Izzy, and we said, right, okay, let's, let's think of a name. And we did a straw poll online. We, that, that is exactly how it came. Everybody just wrote some random stuff down, and then we did a straw poll. And then set, Team 7AM was on it. And we're like, this works. It's, it's short. It's, uh, everybody would know what it, what it is. Um, you know, we thought G2 and, and, and C9. These are all easy, quick words everybody kind of knows. And, and one of our goals was always to have a brand and a name that people could could remember and go, ah, I know these guys. What was the process like of building an esports organization from the ground up? What went into that? Stress, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, it, it was it was tough because we don't, you know, we started with nothing. We had no money. We don't have an investor. 
you know, none of us are well enough off to be able to invest a, a huge amount of our own money. We, I had left the esports scene for a couple of years to get on with sort of normal day-to-day life. So I'd lost all of my contacts that I'd had from previous eSport teams. Um, so I wasn't able to reach out to people that I know and, and maybe start with a new sponsor and go, hey, I'm coming back and I'm going to do this project. Do you want to support it? So we literally started with absolutely nothing. And we were just putting in spare money that where, where we all got it on a payday uh, and we would be then putting money into the organization, paying for the website and you know the domain and the, the, the costs associated with running an organization but we just put time in uh, we were all here seven days a week without fail many many hours thinking working and trying new things not everything worked what was the hardest part about starting the team keeping yourself grounded it's really easy to get a, get ahead of yourself and of course we all want to achieve the best we want to win ultimately we're competitors we're all players or ex-players and we all, we all want to win but we also have to be realistic about what we can achieve and what our brand and business offers other players versus our competitors. And we found ourselves getting frustrated that we couldn't attract the right players. Uh, and then we, we but then you just have to be realistic as well. What is it? What is our attraction? What actually isn't as attractive as others? So what do we do differently? How do we do things differently? And what else can we do to make it attractive? Which is why we then concentrated so hard on building a community around us rather than taking a choice of one or the other, which is what most organizations do. Now, looking back from your time as a pro player and now managing a full roster of esports athletes, how do you use your experience from being an esports player to being an esports general manager? Um, so my experience of stress, uh, dealing with stress, dealing with scheduling, sleep patterns, sleep's the hardest thing for a gamer because you, you, most people associate gamers for staying up till stupid o'clock in the morning playing games and they're not wrong. That's pretty much what most people do. However, when you are trying to play at a level, you actually do need to have more commitment than that. You can't be up till three, four o'clock in the morning playing and then wake up at four in the afternoon because it doesn't do anything for you. And uh, mental health is really important uh, as well. So I try to leverage my experience and give everybody the knowledge, help them put schedules together, help them deal with stress, help them deal with moments where you just nothing works. It doesn't matter what game it is. You'll go through this slump where you just lose, lose, lose and lose and lose. And a lot of people give up at that point. Then what do you say to the people who are about to give up? How do you keep them going? Well, I think ultimately it's a question they have to ask themselves. What do they really want? What's their end game? Are they here just for fun? Are they here because um, they want to go all the way and be the best that they can be? Uh, Is this just a stopgap between something else in their life, whether that's university or work or whatever it may be? So everyone's answer is different because it depends what they want. If, if somebody wants to go for it and this is the career they want to take, well, then we got to have, we have a different conversation because now that person needs to have the most structured routine out of anybody. They have to grind and work every day without fail because there's a very small percentage of people that actually achieve it. So now looking at esports more as a whole, why do you think there's been such a great boom across the globe of esports popularity? One word sums all of it, engagement. So the one thing that that esports is, is engaging. It doesn't matter who you are, what personality you have. It doesn't matter if you have 
issues, doesn't matter if you have some sort of uh, mental health problem, whether that be ADHD or Asperger's disease or, or anything, there's something in esports for you that will engage you. And, and I think it's the biggest issue that you find with people outside of esports, like education, for example. Not everybody who goes to school is engaged with school because everybody has a different way of thinking, they have a different way of learning. And esports just seems to engage the majority. And everybody just buys into it, and and there's and the community feeling that you can get from it, the friends that you can make, and of course there's 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 the bad parts. Uh, I'm not saying it's all it's all perfect because it absolutely isn't, and we've got a lot of work to do. But everybody can feel that they belong here. Now the industry has grown, and it's probably going to continue to grow over the next couple of years. What is your vision for Team Seven AM? in five years okay so in five years i uh, our vision is to embed 7am uh, as a home brand within europe the the wider spread of europe and us i would i would safely say that we are a home recognized brand in terms of the benelux region and some of the outer areas uh, of uh, of europe currently but certainly not all of europe so that is definitely something that we want to have uh, and then as we start to spread across into the u.s market which is happening this year so within five years you know we would like to be a recognized brand across the u.s as well as as one of the big orgs if someone was to book an experience with team 7am one of the members of team 7am on obsesh what would they be getting um you're going to get, depending on what service you want to, to, to get, I bet you, what I can guarantee you is you're going to get top quality advice, honest advice from people that do this day in, day out uh, and have dedicated um, their careers in esports, whether that be from playing Valorant to managing an organization or, you know, just want to find out how to play top lane on League of Legends or mid lane, for example. These guys have dedicated themselves to this industry and you're going to get everything that they know out of that in a very short space of time. Lastly, if anyone wanted to keep up with Team 7AM, which of course they want, they're going to want to after listening to this podcast, after listening to your five-year plan, uh, how would they be able to keep up with you guys on social media? Uh, absolutely. I would, I'd hope everybody wants to keep up. That'd be amazing. Um, so Twitter is probably the, our main social media channel. So team 7am on Twitter, but we also have Instagram as well and TikTok. all team 7am, including Facebook. So, um, and team 7am.com is our website. Now, what if people wanted to keep up specifically with you, John? Uh, well then go follow our Twitter first and then you can find me as 7am wonder. And then you can follow me. And uh, again, or just go and book some time with, with me on Sesh. Well, John, it has been awesome having you on the Athletes Obsession podcast. Thank you so much for joining. No, thank you, Don. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome.